Radiophile. Noun. One who is attracted to intelligence. Join us, fellow fun-loving lover of knowledge, as we dig into your favorite topics with our very own nerdy diatribes, words of wisdom, and takes on life as millennials. Welcome to the Sapiophiles. Hey Sapiophiles, this is Chelsea. Welcome back this week. And while we were recording last week, we found that we had so much to say on political correctness that our raw recording was over three hours long. And after filtering out the silly stuff that had nothing to do with the topic, I was still left with quite a lot of material. So I thought that you would all enjoy a bonus episode on the content. And what I did was separate out the pieces of our conversation that focused on political correctness over time. So I hope you all enjoy our bonus episode this week. I kind of was thinking about doing this topic because actually, recently I listened to a different podcast that was an interview with Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. And she is doing some things now that are like anti-cyberbullying and like, you know, ways that we should be treating people because the world has changed so much. The world has become this culture where there are many more ways to hurt people. And as the first, really the first news story that broke online and one of the first ever cyberbullied people, Mm -hmm. um, she had a lot to say about it. And... Um, I thought that was really interesting because she's super articulate and smart, but the world knows her for one thing. Right. And that's unfortunately her legacy. Um, And after listening to this, I went back and watched her like 1998 interviews. And she's come a long way. She looked like a, a scared child there. But one of the things that was shocking to me was what was acceptable to ask her at that time. That would never be acceptable today. Barbara Walters literally asked her, so did you bring the president to completion? That was literally out of Barbara Walters' mouth. And I... it was shocking how much the world has changed in, in in that sense for the better. But we don't, like certain times it could be for the worse. We have a lot more rules as to how we should treat people in public, in the news, online, and... And it's good that you brought up the Monica Lewinsky story, Chelsea, because that's a perfect example of how political correctness is um, to our benefit right now. It's not failing us. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in my opinion, there are certainly other areas of our society today where political correctness is failing us. And it's Definitely. causing us to be a much more polarized community and country than we necessarily have to be. So um always great to start off with something that it is positive I'm, I'm so happy and i'm sure everybody else listening is happy too that we've come from a place where the media can ask questions like that to a place where that's obviously not acceptable nor appropriate so kudos for our media in that sense but there are a lot of other things that are kind of iffy and it is it really helping us or are we catering too much to one side or another even things like understanding a different time period when political correctness was different or the world was different, looking at something in the light of that. Um, right. You know, kind of what I was saying earlier about the Lewinsky interview. Mm-hmm. That shocked me that those things were allowed to be asked of her because that would never fly today. 
But unfortunately, in that time period, those were acceptable questions. I think where I see PC going entirely too far, um, and I think that this is where it gets people to shift to one other side of the spectrum than the other, um, is um, I'll just use two examples that come to my brain. Book censorship mm. um, and um, history erasure. Um, so I know that there have been a number of cases in the news where um, cities and towns have decided to take down Confederate statues and all of that. And, you know, while I don't think anybody should be hanging a Confederate flag above their state house, that's just ridiculous for the United States of America. Get over it. It happened in the 1800s. Stop. Like, I I would be more open to having a new monument placed side by side with the old monument so that we're respecting what our country did and how far we've come um, than completely tearing down certain things. Because then it's like saying that history never happened and it did. Um, and in order for us to remember it and not repeat it again, we need to have those pieces of it that weren't so great still present for people to see and witness to. Um, a prime example of this is that you can still go to Auschwitz in Germany. Yeah. Um, that's something that I have two friends, Tomas and Benny, um, who are German, who grew up in Germany, um, who said that they always were told in school that that place was still there so that they would never forget what happened in their country and that it would never happen again. Um, right. So I, I think that that's where, like, the fear of erasing history in that sense is where you get a lot of people really rallying against PC um, on that thing. Um, yeah. And then, of course, I mean, like, book censorship is – is obvious. I mean, things like how many times, how many times has Huck Finn gotten attacked because it uses the N word. And I'm not saying that that is a good word to use at all in polite conversation today, but that was a word that was commonly used when that book was written and in that time period. So to take that book out of circulation is doing a disservice to where we came from. Like people need to see that. So they know what not to do. So they know, so they can, like they can sympathize with characters like Huck who, starts off a lot more racist and bigoted and then realizes that even as a young child, that Jim is a better friend to him than most of the people that he's encountered along the way who didn't have dark skin. So like, there's so much that we can learn from these things that being too politically correct can really damage. Definitely. Mm-hmm. No, I think you had so many good points in there. I think another reason why we need to make sure we don't erase history is not only to remember the bad, which is important, but to recognize the cultural pieces of these different eras and different time periods and different groups of people that have affected us maybe in good ways. Where, like, where did our music come from? Mm-hmm. You know, recognizing these kinds of things in other cultures. A lot of our, what turned into like R&B music came from like slave chants. Yeah. So you know, recognizing not only for the historical significance and for remembering the past, but not erasing culture either. Because I think the way that culture keeps going is important. It's important to know where it came from. How did art get to the place it got to? How, how did literature get to the place it's gotten to? So mm-hmm. 
I think that it's important for that reason not to erase as well. And honestly, like, and, and Chelsea knows this and our listeners know this too. Like I, like I said, quit flying the Confederate flag on your state houses. That's ridiculous. But I would love to see wherever there is a monument to say, for example, a Confederate general, I would love to see a, a new monument next to it of like some type of civil rights leader or, you know, something yeah. like that, like almost as a, like, this is where we were and this is where we are. Um, I just, yeah. I think that would be a really powerful s- statement. I'm not sure if anybody will ever do that, but I would love to see something like that. Um, and I also want to point out just because I know that we kind of, whenever you talk about the Confederacy and the Civil War, you know, there's automatically like a, the race issue, of course, gets brought up. But I'll go further and say that um, I love that Salem, Massachusetts has never taken down the the witch dungeon the witch um, and the witch trial stuff because like we, we, we killed a lot of people and yeah. it was com- people that were completely innocent and there are people that still speculate why it even happened, but Salem has not taken those houses down. Um, and there's plaques everywhere saying where, you know, where people lost their lives, you know, and they're, they do a very good job of, you know, making sure that people know where the historic places, even during the trials were. So I think that's an important thing. Like Salem doesn't try to say like, no, we're not the people that did it. They're like, no, we're the people that did it. And there's a reason why we need to still show you this because it's important. Yeah. And, you know, if you are somebody who perhaps is from the South and, you know, that's a part of what is important to you, that culture, great. Mm -hmm. Here's like what I was saying before about the cultural pieces of it, the things that, you know, maybe the architecture, maybe the, the literature, whatever came out of that time period that is valuable to you, there's no reason that you can't keep those things. It's just to recognize what the symbol is standing for. Right, and and to go beyond just what the symbol stands for for you. Um, like Chelsea said, do your research. So there, we may have listeners that, you know, you may have the Confederate flag hanging in your room because you genuinely believe in the whole idea of states' rights and that the federal government should have have less power um, than the state government should and that states should make their own rules, ultimately being governed by the federal government only when necessary. And if that's true, then that is your political belief and that's great, but you also need to recognize that there is a whole nother side of what that flag represents for a great number of people in this country. So just like being aware of that kind of stuff is just so important. Right. And, and on both ends. So also, also on the end of like, when you see that, don't assume racist. Yeah. Ask a question. Yeah. Because I know, I, I know a great deal, many people who I know are good people who have Confederate flags on display, who are not racist. They're just, they have a different reason for it. They haven't read up or don't understand the reasons why other people see that as being racist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think Chelsea really hammered the point home a few times now. Just look at the individual and always look at the individual first. And it's only when you're seeing the individual that you can really come to understand where they're coming from and have a true and honest conversation with that person. And I think it goes both ways as well, because Mm -hmm. if it is something that is offensive to you, Mm -hmm. perhaps the person who has said, done, whatever that thing is that is offensive to you, 
did not see the entire picture of you. So being gracious and being patient Mm -hmm. and not immediately attacking because when you immediately attack, you put walls up and no one hears anything. Right. So just keeping an open dialogue, I think, is important. So of not instantly overreacting and Mm -hmm. of not underestimating your actions. Right. And I I think just a small footnote that I'm sure Chelsea will absolutely agree with, and it's kind of something that we just assume, but in case any listeners have not assumed this, as a footnote, if anybody is being horrifically, like, abusive to you socially, physically, otherwise, using words like the N-word or using words like... um, derogatory words for someone who is gay or you know or bi or trans that's that is not a polite conversation type of moment that is a you know you fight your good fight type of moment and we understand that wholeheartedly and there there's a big difference between ignorance and racism and ignorance and bigotry so Mm -hmm. um like and you'll know the difference but yeah you know we're of course as a footnote putting that out there that when we're having these conversations we're talking about you know gauge gauge your audience in the crowd you know when these situations come about and it's not in the truly heated situations where someone is being blatantly horrifically of course to a group or or an individual it's more the people who are either talking about something in the context of a different time or different place Mm -hmm. or people who just have things in their lexicon that are just like a holdover from a different time or a different group or something that they may or may not realize like for for example um, I've heard my grandmother, who is a wonderful person, yes, not judgmental yes. of anybody. I've heard her refer to people who annoyed her as cotton pickers. Oh, God. This is a different... Now, she's from a very different generation. And when I pointed that out, she was like, I don't know, that's just what you call it. Like, it didn't even occur to her what that referred to. It's just something that was said at that time. Mm-hmm. So... I think there's also that little piece of grace of understanding that like people might not even have thought of the origins of their words. Right. I mean, another common one, um, I'd say like probably a little less extreme, but like another common one that a lot of us have heard is, has anybody ever heard like I got gypped? Um, Mm. That's referring to gypsies, (laughs) Um, which I didn't really know about. I mean, that's a word that I probably heard family members who are, I mean, my family is so open-minded and, you know, very, um, like on the side of like support the underdog, um, support individuals who can't support themselves at the time, speak up for what's right type family. But like, you know, I've, I've definitely heard it. And I think I've even used it when I was a kid. Like I said, I got gypped. Like I didn't have to, I didn't know what that was from. Um, but, but I think a lot of people don't. So mm-hmm. that's an example of being understanding that they probably don't know the origin of the word. Right. So instead of attacking somebody for being judgmental about gypsies, mm-hmm. either don't deal with it or talk to them about like, did you know where that word came from? Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, you know, being aware of things. And again, it all goes back to know the person you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, learn about them. Even if it's something that doesn't make sense to you. Like, one thing that doesn't make sense to me as a grammar person. Okay. But I will 100% do my best to do because of it's right for the person is the they, them pronouns for 
a single person. Now, I totally understand that that refers to people who don't identify as either male or female. And that is great for them that they are open and able to be that. And I 100% support that. I have a hard time saying they and them grammatically because it bothers me. But I will always do my very best to remember to do that. So it's like once you know the people, it would be very easy if I was somebody who had never encountered any of these people or learned about any of these people to say that that's wrong. Right. And, I, and I'm certainly um, with you on that as well. It's very difficult for me as a grammarian to say they, them for a single individual. Um, but at the same time, I will, fight for, I will fight for your right to be whoever you are. Yeah. Until the cows come home. Um, I just, you know, it's, it's something that my brain actually has to work. Like it has to work in order to accomplish saying those words. And I think frequently I even use names instead. Yeah. Um, I try to do that. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one that, um, is more difficult for me just from the background that I have, not, not from like, a an anti LGBTQ plus background, but just from a grammar background, which is an interesting thing. I feel like if it were me and I, I can't really say this because I am not going to pretend I understand what that's like. You know, I, I, I fully get that. I'm like, I'm cisgendered. Um, but if that were me, I feel like I would make up a word. I would be like, instead of she or he, I'm B Mm -hmm. or something like I would just make something up. Um, because English is missing a singular non-gender specific pronoun. It's a problem with the language, even outside of this transgender world, it is a problem with the language. It just always has been. Right. Agreed. Anyway. Anyway. Well, there's, I've had interesting perspectives on this song and I feel like I've kind of looked at it in a different light. Okay. I have not been a huge fan of Baby It's Cold Outside over the, over time because it appears at first glance to be kind of a date rape song. And I know a lot of people have come out and talked about this. It's been, you know, controversial. Can we use this song? And I mean, she does say like the answer is no and what's in this drink and I have to leave. Like she says those things. However, well, kind of like we were saying before when we were talking about like putting things in the historical context, like, you know, reading Huck Finn in the context of the time it was in. And sure, those words are offensive today, but reading it in the context of the time it was in. Um, at that, at the time when that was written, it was not acceptable to be alone with someone unless you were married. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it in that context, it's almost, it's not a battle with him that she wants to go. It's a battle within herself that she's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. So it took, it took me a while to kind of think of it that way. Uh, And that one, you know, there are very polarizing lyrics in that one. That one is more of a legit debate, not like, well, is grandma got run over by a reindeer offensive to grandma? Like, it's not like that. It is more of a legit debate, but I think it's important to look at things in historical context. And with that being said, even big things that are going on in the world, like, you know, things like what is considered appropriate conduct and like even things like, you know, the Me Too movement, which is a great movement to have, 
But looking, if you look back at like a movie or something from the past, we might take offense to certain things that were considered the norm. Right. And even, even like really, really difficult lines and maybe it's cold outside, like the line, Hey, what's in this drink is the one that gets attacked a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, at the time that was actually a line that many people said to say the drink was weak. Um, Mm -hmm. so like if you, if you do your research and I've read so many blogs on this because when this whole thing came out on the radio, I was like, this is stupid. Like I was just like infuriated. Um, because many times the PC world makes me roll my eyes and stomp my feet and then go for a run because it's what I do when I'm stressed. Um, but, um, it literally is a line that's like, say what's in this drink? Like, Hey, have you actually put anything in here or is this just ice? Like that's Mm -hmm. literally a line that was said frequently during the time the song was made. Not only that, but like the song is like, I have, I really must go. It's not, I really must go. Like, you know, like it's clearly like, it's clearly like a woman. If you think about it in that way, like with the way that Chelsea was saying, it's, it's someone fighting against society. And like, she actually does want to stay and she's being flirty. And as is he like there, you know, it's, I, I just see it as a really, really flirtatious song about like a will they or won't they song. And especially if you look at it in a historical concept, context it's like totally makes sense but yeah and i have looked at it the other way before too but i think it's important to look at everything in the context it's in yes and you mentioned that and it's so important look at everything in the context it's in books movies everything like things have changed so much they really have all right guys thanks for joining us and have a fantastic week as always You've been listening to the Sapio Files. As always, if you would like to reach us, you can find us at sapiofilespodcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, the iTunes store, or on any app that you use to listen to this podcast. Have a great week, and as always, stay curious. <laughs>